Hello, this is Mike Knezovich, and welcome to the latest edition of Tune Up with Mike and Monty, Brain Science Step-by-Step. Step. I'm here in Chicago with Dr. Monty Pavalori. How are you today, doctor? Awesome, Mike. <laughs> Another great day to be talking to our friends. Plus, it's we're in Chicago. It's the end of February, and the end of winter is in sight, so that's enough to be happy about in itself. Each episode, we talk about how our brains function and what can go wrong and why, and sometimes what we can do about it. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the sort of coexistence of uh, pediatric bipolar disorder and ADHD and the sort of complicated interplay between the systems that, that affect both of those things. Um, maybe you could say something about bipolar uh, uh, pediatric bipolar disorder in general, how it manifests itself? Um, you know, a pediatric bipolar disorder is basically uh, no different than adult bipolar disorder in the classic symptoms. Uh, for example, having mood swings of depression and uh, 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 alternating or intermixed with um, uh, cyclical uh, episodes of uh, uh, mania or hypomania with uh, predominant features being irritability, uh, more so in younger population, mixed episodes, comorbid ADHD, and uh, also uh, some high degree of anxiety associated with these kids with uh, pediatric bipolar disorder. Um, and they tend to have shorter cycles and uh, there is also mini-cycling within a day uh, within the larger cycle. So it's a very complex early-onset illness, and there are cognitive problems like in, you know, and emotional problems as well, actually. Uh, Early-onset is like 5 years old, 10 years old? I mean, we generally have studied, mainly many of the studies are starting from 7 upwards, but okay. we have developed a rating scale, Cherry Mania rating scale, that would screen starting from 5, yeah. So, it, for these young people, uh, they suffer from things like mood swings and, and intense personality uh, sort of uh, uh, characteristics, and so that's... I guess what emotional dysregulation, but you're saying that the classic ADHD stand uh, symptoms also accompany this typically, so they they have a hard time paying attention. Right, the brain is very complex, right? There are so many interconnections across various brain circuits, and the cognitive circuitry involved in attention deficit hyperactivity disorder um, uh, is also involved in pediatric bipolar disorder. Uh, because they're all interconnected, the emotional circuits and the cognitive or thinking and impulse control and attentional circuits. Okay. So, uh, basically, these two systems work together or they, they are at least related. Now, so in somebody that is what we would call average, that is without this kind of disorder, this mm -hmm. uh, pediatric bipolar disorder, what do we know about what that looks like compared to somebody that does? Um, well, the, the the I think that in order to answer that question, I would like to bring to the focus the main article that we published recently. The attentional engagement increases inferior frontal gyrus activity and mutes limbic activity in pediatric bipolar disorder meta-analysis of fMRI studies 
uh, with the Lee daughter being Dr. Lee, who is um, one of my um, faculty members who came for sabbatical from Korea, worked with me for 18 months. From Korea? Yeah. yeah. And he was in the lab for 18 months. And he has um, spearheaded this with our group uh, in um, uh, completing a meta-analysis. A meta-analysis is a group of studies, all the studies that are published were, till 2017. We have focused on all the studies in fMRI done in That's functional yeah, in, MRI. In, in, with functional uh, magnetic neuroimaging done in a, a pediatric bipolar disorder, adult uh, uh, bipolar disorder, where there are comparison groups of uh, typically developing or healthy control groups, right? Okay. So um, in this... So um, you're looking at people's brains while stuff is happening in real time. Right, right. Okay. right. And we examined um, uh, 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 these studies where they used tasks, you know, like which are called puzzles when people are lying in the magnet and uh, performing the puzzles. <laughs> and then there is alteration in brain uh, uh, blood flow uh, that uh, show what is going on while the uh, individuals are performing the cognitive tasks. Oh. Um, so the cognitive tasks are the puzzles that are performed by these uh, subjects in the studies uh, vary uh, um, widely from uh, anywhere like uh, stop signal tasks, go no go task, or um, sustained attention tasks like uh, you know continuous performance tasks. I don't want to mind boggle everybody with all these you know interesting names, mm -hmm. but what I want to say is they are the tasks that uh, draw upon your ability to select attention, focus, sustain the attention, mm -hmm. or inhibit um, when you're sustaining attention your ability to inhibit responses as you're intensely focused on the task okay. so there are there are various iterations of these tasks that are kind of used across various studies and we pull them all together and generally a broad stroke of attention was examined okay. in these emotionally dysregulated subjects, uh -huh. uh, both younger and older subjects. The, the younger ones are grouped into pediatric group, and older ones in older group. And then, um, and then they are the control groups. So, what we have shown through the study is, um, uh, through this meta-analysis, actually, is that um, uh, uh, which consisted of more than twenty studies. Mm. Um, and, is that um, when they are engaged in thinking tasks where they're focusing attention mm -hmm. um, rather than, I mean, actual story thinking, you right, know, right, I mean, right. uh, focusing on attention, um, they are able to calm their amygdala down. And their amygdala being the thing that leads to mood swings and things like that? Right. Amygdala mm -hmm. is highly activated in bipolar disorder. Mm. And... Uh, it causes havoc and almost like with all the emotional turmoil that goes along with bipolar disorder, right? Yeah. And so in these younger patients with pediatric bipolar disorder, um, their amygdala calmed down while the ventrolateral prefrontal cortex or inferior frontal gyrus or simply said prefrontal cortex at the bottom of the brain, okay? okay? That is an emotional control area like starts to act act, um, you know, uh, more is activated to kind of manage this. Moderate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there is, um, you know, the dorsal cognitive system, there is actually, it's impairment is seen and there's not 
like nor normalize that activity is not necessarily normalized while they're doing cognitive activity except this amygdala has calmed down well that's pretty fascinating but it also kind of for a layman like me it brings up this sort of chicken and egg problem if if you're dealing with this it would seem to me that the emotional uh, dysregulation makes it harder to focus but if you can somehow break through that and get someone the child to focus it moderates the emotional dysfunction so that's a real challenge exactly so for example if you have a screaming crying child on the road and you know throwing tantrums you know we are very used to saying oh look at that you know shall we do this instead of you know you know whatever you know like let's go do this you know and distract them to show something more interesting for them uh, they are likely to use the alternative thinking mm -hmm. rather than being consumed by over emotionality I mean this is like a lay description of where emotional systems are diverted uh, to cognitive systems. But it's right? something that most of us can relate to because in a way I'm seeing this as going, okay, I've seen that happen. I've made that happen with children, but this is just an extreme situation when right, someone has people. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is applicable necessarily my findings to our findings to uh, our, our meta-analysis results rather right. to um, all the normal children or healthy children rather but I um, am attributing it to the very severe exaggerated example mm -hmm. of brain model in pediatric bipolar disorder that showed that the attentional systems when engaged calm down the emotional systems mm -hmm. okay so for example a lot of my patients with bipolar disorder uh, when they are doing some math work or when they are building Legos or playing video games for that matter, although the reward system is a bit more involved in video games, but regardless, if they're involved in something that is constructive, like even, you know, doing a, a task like cleaning a car, um, they are likely to um, be more calmer than when you are left without anything to do. Okay. Um, um, so it's an interesting finding uh, to to uh, the clinicians or to the parents to think about and ponder over it. Yeah, I, I guess that's the question I have. So um, we know that the brain, how the brain works, thanks to this F -F -F fMRI uh, and the meta-analysis, but um, what are the implications in terms of clinical practice or what parents should do or what you know what you would how, how you would treat somebody yeah I mean uh, in general you know my, my idea is that I mean I'm not by any means saying that the meta-analysis here that involves so many types of tasks and so many uh, paradigms uh, would directly uh, exactly translate to clinical okay. application uh, with that caveat uh, I would like to also say that I have seen time and again that um, uh, when these young children who are activated 
are engaged in some cognitive activity, um, uh, they tend to calm down. So I, I have several examples of children, uh, you know, doing some cooking classes uh, or were engaged in uh, parents doing some woodwork um, or they are engaged in some activities that make them uh, more interested like archery um, or swimming um, they, 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 or building Legos, um, artwork, um, any of these activities generally calm them down. And in fact, um, some of the kids who are doing jobs like uh, 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 working in stores, etc., uh, with adults that don't uh, engage them in emotional uh, interaction, but rather um, have uh, like low-key emotions and then get, uh, you know engage them in uh, cognitive tasks, they tend to be a little bit more calmer. Okay. Um, so these are like uh, some of the brain uh, uh, fMRI results um, uh, that could uh, inform what could be a potential for these children okay. rather than directly okay. translate. You know? So more and more, um, uh, more abstractly, or I should say more in terms of the scientific realm, um, this, it seems like this is all very significant, but I'm wondering what, what you would think would be the next step to build on this kind of research? Um, I would um, I, I would say um, um, more of the same uh, okay. actually in uh, nor normally developing children we can do this too instead of you know those with uh, uh, just brain disorders sure. um, um, because some of these are very uh, important in normal development of children and in fact some of them were shown by other scientists the similar mechanism exists even in adults and children where cognitive engagement really calms down emotional systems and such research exists and it's so widely written so I mean we've shown in uh, in, in, in younger population here but one thing that uh, I would like to um, I, I like my colleagues to work on is um, um, also on white matter uh, functionality, uh, sorry, white matter um, development and its own integrity around this transmission of these impulses and get a good grip of uh, both functional and uh, structural um, uh, changes when uh, these kids are developing and uh, stabilizing emotionally and cognitively. Um, all these things can uh, be applied uh, with the tasks that are more closer to real life um, that can then transmit to um, the day-to-day -day clinical work. But, um, fMRI is just an incredible tool, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it helps you to um, understand how the brain blood flow changes uh, when you're actively engaged in a task. And every time they need to be a control group when uh, the people are in the magnet uh, performing these tasks. That's, that's for anybody who's had an MRI, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> of course, it might be a nice distraction to have to do something instead of, you know, being claustrophobic in the little tube. 
but right oh yeah, yeah. that way too right <laughs> i mean inherent to the task is to be able to engage them in a cognitive task while they are kind of freaking out in the main <laughs> <laughs> that's i didn't go that far no 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 no, no. <laughs> but that, that but uh it's interesting yeah mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that more and more like real life uh, experiences uh, need to be integrated into research uh, in the broader terms okay. you know, to make it more closer to what is applicable because everything uh, is developed in a stepwise manner uh, instead of making big jumps from what is discovered to clinical application because it's so detailed because when you actually uh, um uh, second by second or split second in split seconds when you understand the brain recordings they are brain activity differences between failed trials and uh, successful trials of inhibiting yourself when you are focusing attention and how brain works uh, in milliseconds with various ways of focusing and not focusing and changing from one activity to the other itself you myriads of information how do you bring this complex information uh, to clinical work is next to impossible to be exact but in the broader stroke we are trying to say that um, it is good to um, be able to engage um, young people uh, especially those with uh, emotional disorders serious such as bipolar disorder in some cognitive activities especially in holidays and you know with spring holidays approaching i'm sure parents will say here the children say i'm bored i'm bored you know though, though, yeah. and it's intense pressure and parents break down yeah. almost you know in the holiday period and sometimes some of these kids cannot go to holidays because of the intense emotionality and inability for the family to cope so um, getting them uh, engaged in multiple tasks and keeping them busy might be very useful yeah all right well this is fascinating and I, I guess I get the feeling that it's sort of like never-ending because of all the data that you collect and you're always but um, it's already seems to have paid dividends um, I think that will wrap it up for this episode yeah, it's um, very promising that, um, you know, um, science is moving forward and uh, uh, that's informing clinical work. And let's be hopeful for the future. Let's do that. And until the next time, this has been Mike and Mani signing off. Bye-bye. <laughs>